Hi, welcome to Unleash Ministries podcast, where Pastor Nathan Sanford will guide us through daily Bible studies, prophetic revelations, and life-changing encounters with the Father's love. Join us for near daily content as we dive into the Word of God. Welcome back, everyone. We are here to continue our journey right on through First Peter. We're on First Peter three, and it, you know it kind of comes at sort of a cool time. I think, like, it, I don't know, cool time is the right word, but <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of of things about authority and submission and rebellion and this kind of um, <clears throat> this kind of topic, this kind of subject matter, and of course, uh, well brings up a lot of things for me. It brings up a lot of different ideas for me um, and different ways of kind of looking at things. And so I, I wanted to discuss, uh, well, before we get into this, because First Peter is definitely has, is contextually talking about um, uh, essentially suffering and, and why you would suffer. And, and of course, basically God wanting us only to suffer for our righteous behavior and not for something else. And so Peter kind of lists out like different conditions that you might be in, that you might find yourself in, and sort of the proper godly way of, of like walking that out. So we're going to get into that. This is 1 Peter 3, verse 1. And this has been, oh my goodness, probably one of the most uh, abused, um, applied in sick, manipulative, controlling religious ways of um, almost any scripture, I shouldn't say almost any, but a lot of other scriptures that are similar to it. And so I wanted to take a long time really getting into this and talking about this. But how I want to set this up is that we have going on in the culture right now, both in church culture and in the culture at large, is this whole idea of submission and authority and rebellion. And basically what I've heard so far that people are kind of, you kind of have these different camps, like yelling different things. And um, I, I don't know, everyone kind of seems like upset to me. So <laughs> I'm like, well, let's kind of, uh, let, let's obviously look at this from a biblical perspective, but I want to look at this first Peter three also um, in the context of this, of a broader discussion on submission and authority and all this kind of stuff, because it's going to keep coming up. And so what I keep hearing coming up is this, that basically right now, in our culture, and, and, I, and I would agree with this, that we, we basically have um, probably the most rebellious culture um, that we've had in a long time. And <clears throat> by that, I mean like the, the, the baby boomers of the 60s, the late 60s, early 70s, they, I wouldn't say invented, of course, but they certainly popularized um, the idea of uh, rebellion against authority. And it was like, don't trust the man. And, you know, uh, don't trust anyone over 30. And, and that, you know, this kind of a thing. And so they, they were basically like, let's expand our mind, man, with the, you know, that kind of stuff with taking drugs and, you know, the heck with societal norms and, you know, rebel, rebel. And, you know, we're against the war and we're against everything except for peace and love and, you know, that kind of deal. So you had that get popular then, but now it's taken on a whole new level. But but I want to approach it very carefully because there's a couple of different ways that this could go. And, and I want it to go righteously. Gosh, I'm trying to walk everything that we're going through right now personally in our lives out well. So I want to make sure that this is done in such a way that when I teach this, that 
it reflects the whole counsel of God. It's real easy to like emphasize one side or the other. It's real easy to like, um, I don't know, to err on one side. And so I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to try and do a good job of like presenting as well as I can, like the word of God, at least from first Peter three, cause that's where we are in this kind of regard. So, but anyway, just to set the stage, of course, our culture right now is, is way anti any authority. So it's like, um, you know, I, I, you find a, and again, I don't want to say this is true of every church cause it, it is not every house church. Um, cause that definitely is not the case. But there are uh, quite a few sort of churches springing up all over um, that are meeting in people's houses. And, and, you know, some of them aren't done with the, the best of motives. You know, some are out of frustration. They're out of anger. They're like, why should I come under a pastor? Like, I'm a pastor, too. I'm, I'm a priest to the living God. Like, why should I ever come under anyone's authority? And, and I know more than them. And they don't know how to do anything. And that's an old wineskin. And, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, all I'm trying to point out is there really is a spirit at work right now in our culture that is designed to sort of undermine authority, mock authority, and facilitate rebellion. Um, and then you have, that's obviously not good at all. So, <laughs> so you kind of have this idea of we're just going to shrug off any authority and we always know more and why should we bow down to so-and-so and why should we do what they say? And so you have all these church splits and all these, you know, little house churches popping up. Again, not all of them, certainly that's not true, but some of them are popping up specifically because they're just they really are in a spirit of rebellion, like at some level, you know, because the culture has been so, um, why should I get under anybody? And, you know, I don't believe in organized religion, which I always thought was such a weird statement. Like, <laughs> I don't believe in organized religion. I was like, okay, cool. So, so what we'll do for you is we'll bring you into a room with a hundred people. We'll blindfold you all and we'll spin you in a circle and shove you in there. And you guys can just wander around bumping into each other aimlessly and unorganized and see how you like that religion. But anyway, I, I always thought that was such a strange phrase. Like, I understand what people mean. They're like, oh, I got, you know, got Holy Spirit in my heart. I don't need nothing else. I don't need no church and no pastor. No, by God, that's all me. I mean, that, you know, that kind of attitude is so stupid. Like, you know, we're the body of Christ and we're called to come together. Um, so obviously there is a place for a biblical submission and for biblical authority. Um, but what as seems to like always be the case is we end up having um, this one side that is so like, we don't need authority and da da da, and we're all priests of the living God. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says from the pulpit. It's all about me. And I reject everything. And I, uh, I have a Bible, you know, whatever. So I've described that. There's always then comes this reaction. And in other words, so there always is another side that operates at the same time, which is operated also in the Jesus people movement. And that was called the shepherding movement. So I don't know if you know this, but on the Jesus people movement hits 1966, 67, um, you know, gets really in full steam, 68, 69. It kind of hits all through the early 70s. Um, and again, that culture of the hippies was very much like no authority, do what you want, peace and love, even as they got saved. Um, so in reaction to that blow off of authority, you had a, a bunch of well-meaning believers. And sometimes uh, this thing called the shepherding movement went really well. And sometimes it went really badly. But it, again, it was basically a reaction to the rebellion of the hippies because that gen the older generation um, was basically looking at this and going, and not just the older generation, but even contemporary hippies at the time 
we're looking at this and going like, oh man, like they have no authority. They have no structure. They're coming to Christ. We've got to disciple them. We've got to like put some kind of an idea of authority and submission into them. So they invented this whole thing that was kind of the shepherding movement. And the whole idea was that you needed a spiritual father um, and sometimes a mother, but you definitely needed a spiritual father. And that spiritual father, you kind of went to for everything and they sort of discipled you. And I've heard, you know, some good positive stories about that. And I've heard some horror stories about that. In fact, if you know uh, Chris Valentin, he is the senior leader, one of the senior pastors over there at Bethel. Um, I I've, I've met him and hung out with him a little bit um, when he came and spoke at our church new song like years, years and years ago. But anyway, um, I love Chris. I think he's just a great guy. But anyway, he uh, he came to uh, uh, shoot our church and he was talking about his testimony. And, you know, when he came to Christ, like in 1973 or whatever it was. Um, and they came to Christ in a house, again, a house church that kind of spawned during the Jesus people movement. And he said, they asked, you know, who wants to give their life to Christ or whatever. And so here comes Chris and Kathy, his wife, to give their life to Christ. And literally right after they prayed the prayer, they brought two guys over to them that were maybe like, you know, three years or four years older than they were. And they said, who do you want to be your father? Like pick one. Um, and so this guy, they picked, he, in Chris's words, he says, I picked the better looking one and they, that, that became their spiritual father. Well, that was very common back then. It was like, right when you came to Christ, you had to have like this spiritual father and he kind of came under this whole, um, idea of shepherding. And again, you can see how, okay, there's real good aspects to that, but you can also see how, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so you can see how with some people whose hearts are not submitted, um, could be really bad or just the structure itself could facilitate a lot of control and manipulation. So as the sixties and seventies and the Jesus people movement, again, the rebellion and then the reaction via the shepherding movement you're actually seeing the same thing is happening right now. Like I'm seeing the exact same thing where there's a lot of like rebellion and we don't need organized religion. And it's kind of like where you have all these sort of internet uh, and I'm, I'm one of them, like internet mechanics and internet house fixers, which, you know, thank you, YouTube. Like I probably saved like thousands of dollars by, <laughs> by YouTubing things around my house or YouTubing things in the car to figure out how to fix it. But, you know, sometimes um, it works out great. And other times you end, up, you end up just making a bigger mess than there was before. So <laughs> if you're like me and your expertise is not in mechanics and is not in home improvement, um, then, you know, sometimes I'll be real proud of myself. And I'm like, yeah, that was amazing. I, most time I was able to get it done. But there's other times I was like, oh, man, I just about, I'm going to destroy the house if I don't get somebody over here who knows what the heck they're doing before I blow up the whole town. So um, as that is the case, you also have a lot of internet theologians that think they know a lot because they Googled something and they have no formal education and they've never really been taught um, almost anything. They've just gone on the internet, Googled stuff that basically you know, uh, supported what they already believed. And so you kind of end up with the same sort of thing, like these internet pastors that kind of built their whole theology via Google. <laughs> so again, sometimes that goes well and sometimes you blow up the whole town. So you just got to be careful with that kind of stuff. But anyways, what you're seeing is, is the reaction. So you have that, the house churches, not saying all of them, I'm just saying some of them, um, a movement that's exploding and people just kind of like being done with church and, you know, we're just going to do it our own way, you know, with my family at home or with three other families or whatever it is, which again, I understand that. And there's people have done that very well. And, and some people have done that not very well. Um, and I've just physically, literally seen them. So I, I can testify to that. Even just being here in North Carolina, I've seen really good uh, examples of house churches that are, they're doing it well in a heart of humility before the Lord and, 
and all that. And I've seen some house churches that I walked into and was like, oh man, this, this doesn't feel so great. So anyway, um, but then you have then the reaction, of course, and the reaction right now then is of some other leaders, and it's usually leaders, already pastors, already people with big followings, which is sort of unfortunate because you see the reaction. The reaction is, okay, now we're going to reinforce this idea of submission. We're going to reinforce this idea that you need to get under us. And so now there's been in recent uh, times this whole idea of having like a spiritual covering, like somehow you can't do anything for Jesus unless you've been commissioned by a prophet or you've been commissioned by said apostle or whatever. It's like you can't do anything ever uh, for Jesus almost unless you've been commissioned and sent out by these special people um, who everyone else thinks are prophets or apostles or whatever. Um, and so, and then they really emphasize like you have to get under, submit, serve, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. And so there's, again, there's a good way to do that. And there's a not so good way to do that. But what I'm saying is you have the reaction, which is to say, everyone has to have a spiritual covering and you have to be commissioned, which I don't agree with any of that. I, I think you can serve Jesus whenever you want to, however you want to. Now, of course, in the context of a church body, there's a structure of authority and you need to be to submit to that. You can't just walk into a church and be like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, for Jesus, it's like, that's, that's not okay. And the Bible clearly points out like submission to authority in a particular way of doing things and following various protocols. Um, and that's just out of honor. Of course, it's out of honor, submission, and it's out of love that when you go into a church, you, you're going to submit yourself to the godly authority and you're certainly not going to do anything that would be out of what they, um, you know, would be considered rebellious or gossipy about them. Like that would be horrible. And you do see that spirit also in the church. You know, you see it operating sometimes where it's like these people get, you know, angry or jealous or they feel like they should be the ones behind the pulpit. You know, they should be the ones like, um, I don't know, like uh, whatever, like preaching or teaching. And you know, maybe they should, like maybe they could do it better. But you know what? The fact is there is, they aren't. And so um, to constantly criticize leadership and what they're doing is also a really bad plan. So again, we want to be careful of these things that we're not jealous or insecure or arrogant where we're coming in thinking we know how it is and we're not going to submit to these idiots because they don't know as much as us. Um, that, that's, that's just also a place we don't want to go. And then of course, the flip side of that is this whole idea that everyone has to come under some, some apostle or prophet and they have to be commissioned and, and covered by them or their ministry isn't legitimate or something. So that again is the reaction of that. So what I'm trying to do is just paint some kind of picture here before we get into first Peter three about the whole idea of, of authority and rebellion and submission Again, honoring authority is good. Authority is established in the church, and we definitely have to honor that, and that's also good. But then we have this other side, and I, I actually just recently heard this one guy talk about how, um, you know, it's the old, uh, basically what they're saying is like uh, equating New Testament leadership or, or New Testament authority with Moses' authority in the Old Testament and using the example of Korah and how Korah rebelled and, you know, God opened up the earth and, and swallowed them up and then, like, burned everybody else and, and you know, kind of saying because they came against Moses, you know, da da da, da this is how God dealt with it. And, and I understood what he was saying because I can definitely see that Korah spirit of rebellion, um, but also to equate the authority that Moses had with the authority of a New Testament pastor or a New Testament prophet or leader in the body of Christ is, is 
is a dangerous hermeneutic. Like it's not, it's not real great thing to do to somehow say this one guy that clearly God raised up called Moses to have essentially total authority over an entire people and free them and somehow say that 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 is the same as a New Testament authority is is not true. <laughs> so we got to be careful when we do that. But I do see that Korah spirit and that rebellion kind of working like like what well, we hear from God, too. And, you know, we we know how things are, too. And, you know, we know the word. We have a Bible and and they just are full of crap. And like when you operate in that spirit, you are not you're not in a good place. But then, of course, the flip side of that is what if your leadership really is abusive? You know, what if your leadership really is saying things that are wacko? Um, and it's kind of a hard that that becomes a real hard road to walk because, you know, there, in a lot of cases, you can't go to the leader like in a lot of churches, especially big churches. You, you can't even you can't even go, you know, to a leader and say, hey, you know, I, you said this and I kind of know what you mean. I, I just feel weird about it or whatever. Um, to try and just kind of like bring up some accountability because they're too busy, church is too big, you can't even get a hold of them, or maybe their ministry is too big, they're really hard to even approach because of that. Um, so, you know, kind of what do you do with that? And, and they just sort of assure you that they have accountability. And you're like, well, okay, that's great, but <laughs> but you just said some stuff that seemed really off, you know. Um, so you, then you have an option, then your options are like, what do you do? You either stay in that church or that ministry and just sort of take it and like release it to the Lord and like pray for the best and hope for the best and hope this doesn't go south um, or you leave. Uh, you know, I guess that's, those are your options. That's kind of what I see is people just leave and kind of try and get under leadership that they feel like they can support and they feel like they can get under and they can go forth in that way. But um, th those are just difficult situations. Like when people say, well, you just have to submit, you know, no matter what, like you might not agree with everything. I'm like, I totally understand that. But, you know, without anything like any sort of accountability or any sort of you know, you get Jim Jones, right? You get like somebody could have said to Jim Jones at some point, like, Hey, you know, what you're doing isn't so great. You know, before he murdered 900 people. I mean, that that's, it's just craziness. So we got to be careful how we walk all this out. It's a dicey land filled with a lot of holes, a lot of extremes, you know, a lot of people reacting either to the rebellion or reacting, uh, you know, to sort of this control manipulation authority in the church. And holy smokes, we're about ready to enter into the most tumultuous time that has ever been in the body of Christ. And I'm prophesying that to you right now. We're about to enter into the greatest move of God and the greatest sort of swirl of the enemy. In the, and it's like, well, how could that happen? Well, God can move whenever and however he wants because he's God. Psalm 115, God does what he pleases. But the enemy actually needs agreement. You know, the enemy needs uh, your authority. So he needs you to he need to agree with him in order to move. And here's what's happened. So many people in this generation have agreed with the enemy. And so what that's done is given him a lot of authority because there is so much agreement both in and out of the body of Christ. So that's why we're going to see sort of a major move of the enemy and sort of swirling attack of the enemy because he has a right to, because he's going to be moving on and in ways that people have open doors. But at the same time, God is also going to be moving. So we're going to be moving into a time in the church where it's going to be just, I, I just see such turmoil <laughs> and such change. I mean, I, I've never, it feels like 
a enigma wrapped in a conundrum like it's just what's coming it, it, it's so intense and it's hard to even describe but i can feel it's coming it's already begun in some ways but it's coming more quickly and it's going to shake the church i mean i i really feel like this next six months um or even these next five months is going to shake the church to its core and i i it's like it's happening all at the same time where all these different ideas of like authority and submission and house church and and all, and you know how do we do church and what is a church and wineskin and what is a wineskin and what's an old wineskin and what's the new wine all this stuff is all just it's like a it's like a torrent i mean all you have to do is turn on look on facebook for 5 seconds and at least on my feed anyways and maybe yours too you could scroll through and the first 10 things will be all these people saying how the church should be and what they're doing wrong, you know, and how they know how they should do it right. And here's how the church sucks. And here's a bad thing. And here's a meme that somehow sounds deep, but it's trite nonsense, but I'll try and sound like I'm spiritual. I mean, this is what I see on my feed. So you got all this junk like swirling around all at the same time. And I, I just, I don't want to lose the simple heart of God. I don't want to lose simple laid down love and the simple pure gospel. So I'm realizing we're getting to time here because I don't want to go over much over 20 minutes. Um, so I want to actually get into the physical word today, but I wanted to set up just the idea of authority, submission, rebellion, kind of like what we're seeing in the culture and that we need to be very careful and cautious about how we walk this through that authority and submission are very, very important, but it's so important that they're done very well and in a godly, righteous way. And rebellion is never okay um, in terms of you know, the way we would see with Korah in, in that kind of rebellion or just rebellion for rebellion's sake. I mean, sometimes God calls you to rebel in the sense of, you know, I'm not going to get under this or agree with this. Um, you know, that happened during COVID. Some people felt like they could not, um, you know, uh, comply and stuff like that. So I, I get the, that. But also that has to be done very well. So we're in for some tumultuous times and we've got to be rooted in the word of God. So Next episode, um, we're going to actually jump into 1 Peter 3. I just kind of wanted to introduce the concepts and ideas, and then we'll move into that next episode. Um, I'll talk to you soon. We'll get deep into this, and we'll see where it goes. Thank you for listening to Unleash Ministries podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged by an encounter with the Father's love poured out through His Word. If you would desire to bless this ministry financially, please visit www.unleashedchurch.org and click on the Give link. Thank you.